fear for many, but even though 2020 was a challenging year for a lot of us, how many know that 2020 was also a year of blessings and a year of prosperity and a year of, of renewing and restoring our relationship with Jesus? And, you know, for me, I, I can look back at 2020 and uh, although uh, there were hardships, our daughter Kayla, uh, she was laid off of her job. But guess what? God provided her a new one. Amen. Uh, uh, 2020, for me, I, I was able to work from home most of the time in my other job, uh, uh, apart from the church. And, and guess what? I was able to, to be home with my daughters, my wife, when she got home from work. I was able to have a dinner. Uh, we, we were able to have dinner as a family, mostly every night. Uh, we were able to have Bible studies in, in the mornings before uh, everyone else left out, uh, out to work. You know, so, so how many can also consider and look at the blessings that came during 2020? You know, I was able to spend more time with my family. Amen. Uh, I was able to uh, 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 enjoy what God has given me as, as a priority in my wife and in, in our daughters. Uh, for me, I, I made a, 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 an intentional effort to, to, to seek God more and, and draw closer to the Lord. And so, like I said at the beginning, for many, 2020 was a, was a year of challenge. But for me, 2020 was a year of blessing, was a year of, of getting closer to God and, and, and restoring my relationship with my family and with, with our God. And so as I was in prayer and, and, and even in fasting at the end of 2020, uh, the Lord gave me a word for 2021. Words. And it was it's, it's just this. It's knowing God. Knowing God in, in a personal, in a more personal way. Knowing God in a more intimate way. Because, you know, we, if, if we know God, He's a God of relationship. Uh, our God is one of, of communion and fellowship. You know, God wants to get to know us better. And he wants us to get to know him better. God wants to hang out with us. God wants to spend time with us. And he wants us to spend time with him. And to love that time together. You know, it shouldn't be a burden to pray. It shouldn't be a, a hassle to come to church. It shouldn't be a, an inconvenience to open the Bible and get into the Word of God. Amen. We should, we should desire spending that time with God. We should, we should love to come to church whenever these church doors are open. Amen. We go to work every day. We're on time every day. But when we have Bible studies in the evening, when we have a special service, even on Sunday mornings, it's like a it's like a chore to come to church. Uh oh. 
And we love church. We're here when the church doors are open. Amen. And that's how, that's, that's what God desires for us. He's an intimate God. He's a, he's a personal God. And he wants us to know him in a way that maybe we have never known him before. Because these times, you know, we, we can look at the Bible we, and, and we, can, we can see, we can read, we can study what Jesus himself said were the things, were the events that were going to take place as his coming is near, draws near. And so we are seeing the fulfillment of prophecy right before our very eyes. And so as Christians, we shouldn't be surprised about what, uh, what is going on around us. We shouldn't be alarmed. We shouldn't be scared. But we should be excited because we can be sure that Jesus' return is near. Amen. That the coming of the Lord is near. And whether uh, God uh, takes us home and we breathe our last breath. Or whether Jesus comes in the rapture of the church. Like my brother was talking about. A church. The church. I mean. We need to be ready. Amen. How many know that we need to be ready to meet our God. And enter in to his presence. And so we should have we should um, ha have a sense of urgency because we truly are in the last days. And we need to know God in a personal way, in an intimate way. Amen. And know who God is. And know who God is. I, I started this series back in January. And the first message that the Lord wanted me to share with you. And for me. Was just that. Knowing God personally. We talked about that. Knowing God. And, and, uh, and, and having a relationship with Him. And now uh, we're going to talk a little bit more. A little bit deeper. And, and really see what the Bible says. About who God is to us. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Who is God? Amen. Let's go ahead. Before I go any further, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, just first of all, thanking you, Lord, for another day. But we thank you for life and for forgiveness, for salvation. We thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice, Lord Jesus, for dying on a cross for our sins. We thank you, Lord, that you're not on the cross anymore and that you're not in the tomb any longer, but you conquered death and the grave and you are alive forevermore. Seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven, interceding for us. And so we thank you, Lord God, this morning. We thank you for allowing us to gather together in this place. Lord God, with the freedoms that we have with the opportunities that we have, with the privilege that we have to be here, to gather here, to praise and worship you, to bring you our tithes and our offerings, and to hear a word, Lord God, and a message from you. And so we thank you for this time, 
I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are here. Father, for you brought them here for a divine purpose. Lord, it's not an accident that they're here. It's not a mistake that they're here. It's not luck that they're here. But you brought us here together, Lord God, for a reason, Father. We pray, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, let no one leave untouched by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, we pray a move, Lord God, like we haven't seen. We pray that you would rain down, Lord God, your spirit upon us. We pray for healing right now across this place, Lord God, physically and emotionally and mentally, Lord God. We pray healing. We pray restoration, Lord God, of relationships and marriages, Lord. We pray for deliverance, Lord God, of those that may be uh, in bondage, Lord God, to an addiction, Father, whatever it may be. We pray for salvation today, Lord God, for us and for our families, for the lost, Father. We pray provision today, Lord, for those that may be in need or, or lack, Father. We pray provision. We pray protection, Lord God, over us, over our families, Lord God, from, from sickness, from disease. Lord, we pray protection we pray your mercies, Lord God, your grace, Lord God, would surround us. We thank you for your love, Lord, that's everlasting. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are a, a, a God of love, a God who is faithful, and a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask or think or imagine. And Father, we thank you for this time, Lord God. I thank you for allowing us to be together here today. Father, bless your people. Bless the rest of our time. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. How many love spending time with Jesus? Amen. Whether it's in prayer, whether it's in, uh, in, in the word, or whether it's gathered together with the body of Christ. Amen. Right here at church. Amen. So let's go ahead and get, get to it. Amen. This morning I have three points that I want to share, taken directly out of Scripture. And we're going to talk about who is God according to the Scriptures. Amen. Number one, the Bible tells us that God is love. Amen. Throughout Scripture, we read about the, the, the nature, the very nature of God is love. Throughout the Old Testament and the New, the Bible speaks of, the Bible demonstrates, the Bible gives us story after story and example after example of where God demonstrates His love towards us, His people. Amen. We know that love is not just a feeling or a word. Amen. But love is an act. Love is an action. Love is a verb. Amen. Love is something that we demonstrate, that we show to another in, in, uh, in a way of, of demonstrating, showing that love to someone else by an action, by, by something that we do. Amen. And the, 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 the book of 1 John tells us a lot about God's love. There's a song that Pastor Mike sings in, in Espanol. And it talks about God is love. Dios es amor. It talks about that. And, and it actually speaks of this scripture that I want to turn to right now. In 1 John. So we can go ahead and go there. 1 John chapter 4. And uh, we'll start at verse 7. 
Does she have the scriptures up there? I like to just look at the screen and read along with you. And it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been is, has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. God is love. The very definition of love is God. And the very nature of God is his love. And God doesn't just tell us he loves us. But over and over, he demonstrates his love to us. And he speaks about that, too. If we go a little bit further in this uh, chapter here, and we read, uh, starting at verse 9, it talks about, if we want to move, move forward to, to the next verses, in verse 9 and on, it, it shows us how God demonstrates his love by laying his life down for us. Right in the book of John, uh, John, the Gospel of John, and three sixteen, we know that God says, "So loved the world that He gave." Right? God loved us, and He gave. He gave His one and only Son. We know the verse that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. So God the Father demonstrates His love by the giving of His Son. Right, the, the beautiful thing uh, as we celebrate Christmas time is the birth of Jesus, the, the very first and, and best and perfect gift that was ever given was from God the Father Himself when He gave us His Son that very first Christmas day. And so we continue the tradition of giving gifts because of what God started. On that first Christmas. And here we go back to this verse in 1 John 4 and 9 through 12. It says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his only one and only son into the world that we might live through him. So the verse that I just spoke of, John 3, 16, is very similar to this verse. But not only does God the Father, I want to make this point. Not only does God the Father demonstrate his love by the giving of his son but Jesus Christ himself demonstrates a love of his own and so 1 John 3.16 tells us exactly that where Jesus demonstrated his love for us by laying down his life for you and for me Amen. What, what, uh, what greater act of love than to give of oneself for someone else? Right? Uh, if you remember a couple of Sundays ago, we've been talking about the story of Abraham, Sarah, and their son Isaac. And remember we read the other Sunday where God told Abraham... To take his one and only son and sacrifice him on an altar. And so according to the scriptures there in the book of Genesis that we read. Abraham without hesitation takes his son and his hired man and they go up the mountain right. And they 
At the base of the mountain, they paused, and Abraham said, Well, we will return. In other words, me and, the, and Isaac will be back. Right? That was Abraham's faith in, in his God. And the Bible says that Abraham and, and Isaac were walking up the mountain, and Isaac looks at his dad and asks, Well, Dad, we have the wood and we have the fire, but where is the animal to sacrifice? And Abraham, in his wisdom, and says, God will provide. And so the, we know the rest of the story, right? Abraham and Isaac uh, get to the mountaintop. Abraham prepares the altar, lays his son upon the altar, and raises the knife to sacrifice his one and only son because of Abraham's love for his God. Because of Abraham's obedience to God. He was willing to do whatever God asked because of his devotion and his love to God. Amen. And the same thing is true, and, and even to a greater extent, that the love of God is willing to is, show, says that it will do anything for us because of his love. The love of Jesus is, is such that. Jesus laid his life down. He gave himself up willingly, without a fight. The Bible says in, in the Old Testament that Jesus came without even saying a word. Like a lamb to the slaughter, Jesus willingly gave himself up for you and for me. What a love, right? We'll, re, we'll, we'll look at one more verse related to this. I mean, there's so many that we could read. But let's go to the verse in Romans. It's in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, While we were still sinners, Christ demonstrated His love for us by dying on the cross for you and for me. Right? It's been said that it wasn't the nails that held Him on the cross that day, but it was His love for you <coughs> and for me. It wasn't the nails that held him on the cross that day, but it was his love for you and for me. A love so great, a love so big. The Bible describes it as a love that is everlasting. Amen. The book of Romans describes it as a love whereby nothing can separate us from it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is patient, love is kind. Amen. Love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love never fails. Amen. And we could insert instead in, in, in replacing that word love, we can replace it with the word Jesus in each of those areas. Right. Jesus is is it never fails. Jesus is kind. Jesus doesn't keep a record of wrong. Amen. Jesus doesn't boast. Jesus doesn't get angry and on and on. The love of God, amen. What a beautiful, what a beautiful reminder of what Jesus did to, to, to show us, to show us how much he loved us. You know, we're approaching uh, the day that we call Good Friday, right? The day that we celebrate, the day that we remember what Jesus did on the cross. The day that we remember the sacrifice that Jesus became, right? The Bible says that, that he who knew no sin became sin for us. 
The Bible says that he is the sacrificial lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so as we approach uh, Good Friday and Resurrection Sunday, when we are studying right here in our Wednesday night Bible study, we are studying the last days of Jesus' life here on earth. It's been a beautiful study so far. This Wednesday, we're going to be talking about the Last Supper. The Last Supper. The day or the evening where Jesus and his, all of his 12 disciples, the last time they will all be together on that night, the Last Supper. We're going to be talking about it right here Wednesday night, starting at 6 o'clock here at the church. So join us for that one. Amen. The love of Jesus. So what is, who is God? God is love. Amen. All right, let's go to number two. Point number two. Who is God? Number two. God is faithful. Amen. I, I love this. So I love all of these points. Amen. When we get to look at the nature of God and who God is. Amen. I, as I was studying and getting ready for today, you know, I couldn't help but, but, but recognize and, and want to talk about the faithfulness of God. Amen. Throughout scripture, it also tells us and, and, and shows us examples of where God's faithfulness is demonstrated over and over again. You know, what is faithful anyway? As I was looking at this word, you know, faithful is, is simply means a couple of things. But first of all, it means that we can count on him. We can count on him. Amen. How many, uh, uh, how many times do people call on us or ask us to do something? Right, you know, do me a favor. Or, or I need help with this. Or whatever it may be. And we, so many times, we let people down. We disappoint. We don't come through. We don't follow up. We don't uh, complete the job or, or whatever it may be, right? We don't. People sometimes, they can't count on us. You know, yeah, we're supposed to be home at dinner at 6 and it's 8 o'clock and we're still out. Or we're supposed to take our son or daughter fishing or whatever and we bail out. Something else comes up. Right? How many times do we disappoint? How many times can people uh, say, well, you know, I, I can't even count on them. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to be known as someone who you can't count on. I want to be faithful. I want to be trusted. I want to be loyal. I mean, and then on the other hand, how many of us have been disappointed? You know, maybe our, maybe uh, uh, growing up, maybe our parents disappointed us. Maybe our, our mom or our dad, they, they promised things or they said things and they didn't follow through. If they didn't come through, they didn't keep their word, they didn't keep their promise, and we were disappointed, amen, and we were rejected. And over and over again, we, we felt like we weren't good enough or we weren't wanted, and we're carrying the scars and, and the hurts of those times. When people hurt us, when people disappointed us. But you know what? There's always someone who never disappoints. 
There's always someone who we can always count on. There is someone who will always be there for you and for me. Amen. And so what a beautiful part of who God is. That is his faithfulness. God is faithful. Amen. We can count on him. You know, we may, you may be uh, uh, sick or with a, a, a disease. You may, you may have gotten a bad report from the doctor. You may have lost a job. You may, uh, your, your marriage may be falling apart. Amen. And you may think that nobody's there for you. Nobody cares for you. But we can be sure that there's someone who does. There's someone who never disappoints, someone who never lets us down, someone who never leaves us or rejects us, and that is our Heavenly Father, and He's always there. You know, there's been times in my own life when I have felt like God is a million miles away. There's been times when I felt like, God, well, where are you, God? Why do I feel alone? Like that, like that a poem or story goes, The Footprints. Remember that? The Footprints is a story that's about a man who was walking along with Jesus. And as he walked along the, the beach, he saw that there was two sets of footprints. And then it says that one day he noticed that during the most difficult and hard times in his life, he noticed that there was only one set of footprints in the sand. And he asked God because it bothered him. And he said, God, why is it that during the most difficult and hard, hardest times of my life, when I needed you the most, God, why is it that there was only one set of footprints? And God said, it's because it was during those times that I carried you, that I was carrying you. Amen. And so we can be sure that in the, in the, the hardest of times, in the, in the seemingly low, loneliest of times, that God was with us all along. God was there all along. God never will leave us. God will never let us, let us down. Amen. And, and so I, I, in my experience, I had to uh, stop feeling sorry for myself. And start recognizing that Jesus was there all along. Amen. Let's look at what the Bible says about his faithfulness. There's a few verses that I want to point out. Again, verse 9, it's 1 Corinthians 1. And verse 9, it says, God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's try to go through those just one quick one at a time. Oh, I love this one. Look, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Amen. His promises uh, are yes and amen. There is another verse that I love in the book of Joshua. that You don't have it up there, but the Bible says that the promises that it says that that not one of God's wonderful, awesome promises have failed. Everyone has come to pass. Everyone is true. Everything that God has said will happen. Amen. In His perfect time and in His perfect way, we may ask God for something now, and we want it now. Amen. And how many know that God will bring 
Uh, God will do it. God will bring it. God will make it happen in his perfect way and in his perfect time. We may not understand it. We may not like it. We may get mad and we may question and argue and complain. But how many know that God always has our best in mind? God is always working and moving and arranging things and lining things up for our good and for our benefit. Amen. We could be sure about that. All right. Look what it says here in 2 Timothy. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. Amen. The very nature of God is his faithfulness. Amen. We are so unfaithful. We are so faithless that many times. Remember the disciples. Remember the disciples in the boat. And the storm came. Amen. And Jesus was asleep. The Bible says. And the disciples woke him in fear. Saying God Jesus don't you care if we drown? What did he say? E, these guys, these men of little faith. And so we, we, we doubt, right? We doubt and we fear and we worry about what is to come, about what has happened, about what hasn't happened. And God is saying, I am the faithful one. I am the faithful one. No matter how many times we hurt God, no matter how many times we fail God, no matter how many times we disappoint God, He is still faithful to us. Amen? One more verse real quick. It says, in 1 John, it says, For if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just. To forgive us our sins. Amen. Why is that important? Why is his faithfulness important to our forgiveness? Because we can count on him to forgive us when we fail. We can count on him to forgive us when we mess up. Amen. How many, how many are thankful that God isn't the God of the three strikes and you're out. <laughs> we would have been out a long time ago. Amen. But he is the God. How many times do we say this? He is the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. Amen. And, the, and though so many times that you and I mess up, so many times when you and I fail God, amen, so many times when we sin against God, amen, He is faithful to forgive us of our sins. Amen. All He wants is our confession to recognize, to admit our faults, to admit that we have done wrong. And God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. How many thank God for his faithfulness? Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This last and this, this final point for today, I want to talk about one of my, they're all my favorite things to talk about. But one of my other favorite things is to talk about how God is able. God is an able God. God is a, a can 
a can-do God. God is a God who makes things happen. God is a God of action. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a person who just talks about things. But I want to be a person who makes things happen. A person who takes action. A person who does something about it. You know, uh, I, I've learned some of these things more and more recently. You know, as, of course, as a pastor, you know, I got a call. I haven't even told you, but I got a call last week of a young, a young 43-year-old young lady. She had a massive heart attack, and she passed away. And so the family called the church, and then they called me if, if, if we were able and willing to do a service for this young lady. And I said, yes. Yeah, we got to be people of action, right? We got to be people who, who, do, who do things in, in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus. And, and you know, I know I'm, I'm so thankful for this church who is an able church and who is an action church, who doesn't just talk about helping the community, who doesn't just talk about loving one another, but actually demonstrates that and shows that by our action and by the things that we do. Amen. And that's what that's who God is. God is an able God. God is a God who does, who can, who is able, who is willing. Amen. No matter your circumstance, no matter uh, where you find yourself, nothing is too hard for God. We're going to read some of those verses real quick. The Bible says, I love this verse. The Lord gave me a word a few years ago uh, tied to this verse right here. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. The Bible says that God is able to do more than we could ever ask or think or imagine. And then let's go to the next verse. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 32, what is it? 32, 17. Oh, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You know, I think a lot of times you may wonder, well, why doesn't God answer my prayers? Have you ever stopped to notice and notice the way that we pray? The way that we pray. Because many times people cancel out their prayers because of the way that they pray. In other words, uh, uh, some people say, God, if, if you can, if you're able, God, what do you mean if you can? <laughs> See, you just canceled out your prayer right there. See, the Bible, we have to, we have to believe and confess and know that God is able. That whatever you're going through is not too hard for God. That whatever you're going through, it's not too big for God. Whatever you're going through, it's not too hard for Him. And not only that, sometimes we think, well, this doesn't matter. This is too little. I don't want to bother you, God. But how many know that if it bothers you, it bothers God? 
If it's concerning to you, it's concerning to God. If it matters to you, it matters to God. And so whatever you're going through that you think is never, don't ever think that it's too insignificant for God. Don't ever think that it's too small for God. Amen? Because no matter how big or how small, amen, if it matters to you, it matters to God. Amen? If nothing is impossible. Let's go to the next verse. What do we have here? Nothing is too hard for God. You show your love to thousands, but bring the punishment for the parents' sins. Uh, I don't think that was the right one, was it? No. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to uh, Luke. Let's go to Luke. Now, this is, to me, this is one of the most significant, Okay, that's a different version. In, in the Luke, in, in, in Luke, in the NIV, remember the story. I'm going to take that one down. Remember the story where the angel of the Lord appears to Mary. Mary is this young, young teenage, young woman who gets a visit from the angel. And the angel tells Mary that she is, is going to deliver.